You're listening to Creatively Human with honest conversations about what matters to us and how it really feels to build an online business, put our work out into the world and make an impact in our own unique way. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, business mentor to heart-led creatives. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to let you know about my project running in July called The Everyday Difference. Every day of the month, you'll hear from a different creative or business owner who is making a difference in the world, no matter how tiny, no matter how quietly. And my hope is that these stories will empower and embolden us all to believe that our work matters and to give us the courage to share that work with the world. If that sounds like something that would be of interest to you, go to theeverydaydifference.com for more information and to sign up to the project. I can't wait to share it with you. Now, on to the episode. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Creatively Human. Today's guest is the lovely creative coach, Nicola Ray Wickham. As part of the Everyday Difference project, we talk about how we get to that point where we can start believing in new possibilities, how showing up as yourself is a huge way to make a difference, the nuanced journey to becoming more of ourselves, and the power of affirmations in all of this, including some examples from Nicola for anyone who wants to make an impact. I love, love, loved this chat, so I'm sure that you will too. Hi, Nicola. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, could you start by letting us know a bit about you and your work and why your work matters to you? Oh, okay. So um, what I do is my, I'm the founder of A Life More Inspired. And what that is, is a platform to help women to take the ideas that are on their hearts and minds and make them something real. So my whole thing is about dreaming which I think is really important, but also getting down to the doing as well. Um, And the women that I work with, they're purpose-driven. So what I say is that they've got ideas that are going to change the world. And it's not to add pressure Mm -hmm. onto them, but it's because whether it changes one person's world or 10,000 people's world, it's going to make a difference. So um, that's why I think my work matters, because I'm helping them to birth these ideas that otherwise would be just the content for notebooks and conversations and daydreams and put them out into the world and to do the work that they were meant to do so yeah I see myself as almost like that that middleman that helps those things happen oh I love that And as you know, this interview is part of a special series where I'm talking about, you know, the ways in which we can all make an everyday difference with our sort of online businesses and creative work. And obviously that ties in really nicely with that. Um, I'd love to dig into a few different topics with you. But firstly, I suppose I'm going to ask you, how do you help these people take these ideas and turn them into something real and do the work that they were meant to do? Like what, what ways in which do you see actually helps them firstly believe it and then actually take action on doing it yeah I think um it's uh well I my background is marketing so that's what I've done for nearly 20 years which shows my age Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but I combined that with um coaching because I did my coaching qualification a few years ago so it really is um the, the way that I do it is kind of taking a marketing angle to it because I think that we can spend so much time remunerating on ideas and not thinking about, okay, who's it going to help getting it out into the world. So what I help women to do is when they're ready to move that idea from the notebook to something that people can buy or listen to or 
use is help them see how they can do that mm. um and in showing them the the ways that they can do it it helps to kind of increase their belief around it um and we get really practical but also it's that I do believe that there's kind of um there's confidence in the doing mm. so it's kind of like once they're ready I think ideas are very easy to have they're almost like cheap currency kind of everyone can have an idea but when they're ready to execute on it it's about showing them like this is actually a possibility this is why it's a possibility and this is what we can do to to quickly kind of start to create a momentum with it yeah. and part of the belief part of it as well is I'm big on journaling um and we all know that setting up your own business is like the biggest self-development journey mm-hmm. you can go on <laughs> so so bringing in tools like journaling I know we're going to talk about affirmations yeah. really helps to get solid on that belief um that they can do it but to be honest I think that once they come into my world they're ready to take the idea from something they'll just kind of talk about over a coffee to something they want to do something with. That's interesting. So do you feel like sometimes it takes a while for them to get to that point? Absolutely. Yeah. It took me a long while. Some, yeah. And often it takes like a big life event mm-hmm. to make you mm-hmm. think now I'm going to do it. So for me personally, it was, um, I always knew I wanted to have my own business. It was the vision yeah. I saw for myself but I didn't believe that I could do it. I didn't believe it was possible. Um, and then it was having my first daughter that gave me the permission to be like, actually, I want to redesign my life. Mm. When I look back in hindsight, I'm like, I didn't need that permission slip. I could have just gone to my employer and tried to negotiate a four day week and use the extra day to do something else. Or I've always had side hustles and experimented with other things. But I hadn't really had the belief to take them seriously. Yeah, yeah. And then having my daughter, and it was quite a difficult um, uh, journey, a difficult fertility journey. So having her kind of showed me how much power I have um, in itself and how much resilience I have. And then when I actually held her in my arms, I was like, now's the time for me to do all the things that I want to do. I can do this. So that was for me like the big life event. And I know... For some of my clients, it might be um, a death in the family. It could be illness. It might be redundancy. Some of us need that push. And it's such a shame because it's like you don't want to wait for something bad to happen. But then as humans, sometimes we need that to to kind of chivvy us along. Yeah, yeah. I've had the same experience, exactly the Mm -hmm. same, having my son. It just sort of made me want to give up on some of the old stories I had about myself. And I suppose everything felt a bit chaotic and difficult. And in from that difficulty and chaos, it meant that I could just go for something and not worry about it as much. I don't know. Isn't that interesting, though? Mm. It's almost like the order that you had before and the structure wasn't allowing for that level of, OK, let me think differently. Let me kind of yeah. jump outside the box. But because you were almost living outside the box in what you, it sounds like you're saying was a chaotic situation. It was like, well, let's just add more chaos. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's okay. And that was like your permission slip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's interesting because, yeah, I think I think a lot of us, especially going back to this sort of like making an everyday difference topic, a lot of us do... I don't know, do we hold back on our ideas and our, on our dreams and we feel like we need permission? And how do we get that permission? Yeah, we either, we we have to give it to ourselves mm-hmm. 
And so it's either that life event that happens or we start to embark on the kind of, and I say in air quotes, like that self-development journey Mm -hmm. when we then get really reflective and that can help. That is kind of another turning point. Also, when you um, enter, like that's what I love about Instagram and other platforms like that is because it opens up your world to the possibilities. So I know definitely when I had my daughter um, six years ago, I didn't know that what I'm doing now was even a possibility. Yes, yeah. So as I started to enter this world, and you know, like there's always the gateway for different people as to how they enter the world. I was like, oh my goodness, there's a whole thing out there that I could potentially be a part of. And it's also seeing those examples out there gives you, it opens up your possibilities rather than kind of just you're thinking from scratch, what could it look like? when you start to enter different worlds and that's that's what Instagram's good for. It can lend itself to so many different communities and you meet new people and that can open up the possibilities as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I really love what you said about, you know, six years ago, not knowing that what you do now was even a possibility. I think it's so important to remember that. Like we just don't know what is going to happen. Exactly. And I remember as a little girl, you know, you can always do that exercise as a child. What did you love to do? Mm. I love to write. I love to talk like I wanted to be a radio presenter. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be a journalist. I wanted to be an author. Um, And in a sense, I'm getting to do all of those things. But but at that, well, back then you really didn't, like the internet didn't exist then. So (laughs) (laughs) we really didn't know it was a possibility. But then, yeah, taking it right up until six years ago, I've got a podcast and you've got a podcast that's like a radio show right like it's yeah it's really exciting and I think all of these things are helping to open up the possibilities and then help our belief yeah yeah of what we can do so you mentioned you know coming on Instagram or whatever kind of community you're part of and seeing like expanding your idea of what is possible but how important is it to you to be able to see people like you doing what you do and how have you experienced that as part of you know giving yourself permission to do what you do oh that's been massive Ruth I mean when I like hey when I look back to when I first started I started a business um called the social stylist and Mm -hmm. I was helping wedding businesses with their marketing and the reason I was doing that is because I used to be a wedding blogger um when I was getting married there was this real lack of representation I was spending Mm -hmm. so much money on wedding magazines and one day my husband, well, he was my boyfriend then, would flick through one of the magazines and he was like, Nicola, there are no black women in this huh. magazine. Why are you spending like five on it? Wow. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I created a wedding blog. And um, and then from that, I started helping web businesses with their marketing. But at that time, so we're talking about like 2012, yeah, about mm-hmm. 2012, 2013. I wouldn't put my um, picture on my website. Right. I and I would use um stock imagery of, you know, like huh. pretty desktops and things. Yeah. <laughs> and that became my brand because I was like, I cannot put my face on my website because people will see that. They'll see that I'm a black woman and that will put them off. Oh wow. And yeah. And so that was my experience and it was the experience of so many other black women as well. And there are some still who think, Oh no, I can't put my face on my website for those reasons. Um so back then you weren't seeing any I wasn't seeing anyone that looked like me Mm -hmm. in the space 
probably because if they were there, they were also doing what I was doing and hiding yeah. behind stock imagery yeah. for that reason. Um, fast forward to now where it's all about, I mean, I don't think someone has to have their face all front and centre, but we want to see people mm. and me being who I am is is my brand. Like it's an, it's an intrinsic part of what it is. People are buying me um, and if they don't like that, then I don't want to work with them kind of thing. So, and, and part of that journey has been over the years, seeing more people that looked like me the environment changing where it's okay to have a voice, where it's okay to speak about your real lived experiences has made it okay for that to happen. But I think it's really important. Yeah. Really, yeah. really important. <laughs> so do you think it was other people showing themselves and being more fully themselves that gave you the permission to do that yourself? Yes, I think so. I think it was that in line with... Um, in line with the way that trends were going right yeah as well but I think yeah it was definitely you know what actually it was definitely that because even when I was blogging um but because we had the technology it meant that we didn't have to wait for the wedding magazines or even like the mainstream fashion industry to show us very successful blogs were starting to bloom where they had their own media platforms mm. so there you you were starting to get the representation coming through coming through there um so it was definitely seeing other people and it was also it's kind of like they they go and put their picture on their website and nothing bad happens yeah <laughs> so it's safe to do it kind of thing yeah um yeah that's really interesting yeah. because I guess now you put your face online a lot and I wouldn't have thought that you would have had, had any trouble with it so it's really interesting to hear that you did yeah absolutely and I think that it's something I talk to um a lot of my friends about is that like I'm 38 so I'm of gen x generation x mm -hmm. and I feel like millennials have a different take on the way that they view things and the millennials have kind of come up and they would never have remembered a time where you wouldn't have as a black British woman, put your face on your website. Yeah, yeah. I've had conversations with them. They've been like, what are you talking about? Why wouldn't you do that? Mm -hmm, so it's, mm -hmm. the, the environment has changed um, and become more friendly, really, and safe and accepting. Um, and so in line with that, I've grown. Yeah, that makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm technically a millennial, but I guess I'm an older millennial because... I see, I feel like the um, millennials like younger than me seem just more confident with putting their faces out there full stop. <laughs> but yeah, I was just yeah. thinking like in terms of like your daughters and thinking about mm -hmm. them and, and how they're going to be growing up. And it just feels like really important that, well, firstly, to acknowledge this journey that you've come on, but also to see how it's changed and... Yeah. How does that feel to you, thinking about it in the context of them and what they'll see? It feels really lovely. Because with like when I was growing up, you didn't see black British people on the on the TV. I remember the very first ad was Chris Kabusi. I think it was a personal ad. Yeah. And it was about PMA and it was positive mental action. And he was the first black face that I remember seeing on like a mainstream ad and it yeah. was a big deal in our house yeah. <laughs> and whereas my daughters now will see themselves all day every day represented in all different places um 
so their experience is going to be very different there's still a way to go and even I was in a toy shop the other day trying to buy a doll for um, my daughter and the lack of representation there I was really surprised by I thought we'd moved on yeah Yeah. so it still has to be a conscious effort but um, she can sit down and watch CBBS and see a little girl that looks like her um, open up magazines have the books Um, so I think it's going to make a big difference to her sense of identity. Um, she's not going to have that sense of otherness that my generation had. And I think it will add that sense of um, of confidence. There'll be other issues because social media will just mess them up in a way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And technology and all yeah, of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the sense of the representation, it's it's going to be something that she'll I'll tell her about and she'll just be like, really? Yeah. In the olden days? This is what happened. <laughs> um, yeah, the representation is is important. And it's nice because I think representation is where it starts, but then the conversations need to move on yep, from yep. there. And they are. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Do you ever feel any sense of pressure from this? Like representation, like you as a black British woman, do you feel, I don't know how to really phrase this, but is there any kind of pressure there to be an example or change the way things are done or anything like that I don't feel that way because I feel like my activism and that's only a word that I've recently would even associate with myself Mm -hmm. my activism is just showing up yeah um so I don't have to I think there's this whole thing as a black British woman as well that you would feel like you're representing the whole community or your whole race and part of that would be because there'd be only room for one of you. Yeah. So if I'm the only, um, when I started in, I started in fashion marketing, and if I was the only black girl in the on the buying floor, for instance, I'm then representing my whole race. Yeah. And if I mess up, I'm messing it up for the black girl that potentially would replace me because there'd mm. only ever be one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that that pressure, when you're in corporate and in those kind of environments, still stands. But because of what I do now, my representation is just showing up as myself. Like that is the the biggest difference that I can make is to show me just being me. Like my, the challenges that I face, the wins that I have, um, the, the, my family, although I don't show them lots, but just, just being a normal person is my activism kind of thing. So I don't, yeah, I don't feel I don't feel that pressure. Oh, I love that. I feel like there's something, it goes back to what you were saying about the importance uh, and sort of the freedom of these online communities and mm-hmm. and just it gives us that freedom to be ourselves and carve out a community around that. Exactly. And then when we do that and we realise that's what people want to see mm. because it, in the sense that we're being, that possibility opening, if you like, that I needed um, when I wouldn't put my picture on my website, that's what... I am for other people there's so many women that like they're kind of like oh Nicola you're just yourself and you just kind of rock up and it's like I know that by me doing that is giving them permission to do the same no matter kind of what race or culture they come from yes Um, and I know especially for black women especially the ones that are still living under that um the pressure still scared to put their faces on their website still feeling the pressure to be professional all the time because they know that they're going to be scrutinised more than their white counterparts. 
then they see me kind of lolling up on <laughs> Instagram still doing the work but very much being myself they're like actually I can do a bit of that um so yeah and that goes for that goes for black women but for a lot of the feedback I get from everyone is that it's kind of you don't have to be perfect yeah you can just be and that's what everyone I say that everyone's um is their own um what's the word competitive advantage Mm. your competitive advantage is you so let's just show more of you and be more of you um, in the world. But I do recognise, I do recognise that being you is a privilege as well. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, and for some people, that journey to becoming more of themselves is different. It's more nuanced. So I've, like, told you a bit of my journey to becoming myself will be different to other people's because of different factors within our own dynamics, but also within wider society mm-hmm. um yeah wider society doesn't always support um minority communities to be themselves mm-hmm. yeah that's important yeah exactly and I, it does annoy me a bit when you see kind of like on instagram like just be yourself and it's like well it's yeah. not always that easy for me to be myself so yeah it's important yeah. to acknowledge that and i suppose even just acknowledging things like that it's quite small but helping people feel seen and understood by acknowledging yeah. things like that is really important too. I would have loved someone to turn around to me when I was starting my journey and be like, you're reading all the books and you're listening to all the audiobooks and podcasts and things. And, but your journey is maybe a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got some other kind of, we've all got hurdles to cross and um, blocks to maybe overcome, but just recognizing the nuance would have been really helpful yeah 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 this conversation has made me think a bit about the women's world cup that's happening at the moment with Mm. football and I keep thinking about how what impact is that seeing these women you know on you know BBC one playing in the world cup what impact is that going to have on girls and I'm sure it's going to have an effect I'm sure of it and it just yeah it really gets you thinking exactly like my little girl was even when the first like the world cup first started she's like mummy there are girls playing football I'm like yeah we play football too and her face was just like mind blown Aww. yeah Aww. so now she's when she's playing football in the playground she's like well yeah we don't just play it in the playground we can play it on the telly like the boys do yeah yeah and it and it also I don't know about you but in the media sometimes I've noticed that it does seem like these women are representing all women in terms of you know women in football yeah. they because they they're suddenly being thrust into the limelight a bit more than they were even though they've been doing it for a long time um it's interesting to see how you know people are judging they're like they're responsible for people's judgments mm-hmm. of the whole of women's football and it's a lot for them to bear but i mean it's an amazing thing that they're doing yeah just doing definitely. what they do really isn't it yes exactly exactly So um, I'd love to shift gears a bit and I'm going to talk to you about affirmations because I know that affirmations are a big part of your business and also it ties into what we've been talking about because I know that they're a way to kind of help us believe in what we can do and push ourselves to do what we really want to do. So I would love for you to talk a bit about what they are and what they do and how you have used them in your own journey. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love affirmations they're my love language um (laughs) Mm -hmm. and what basically an affirmation is 
is a statement that we make about ourselves, whether it's to ourselves or to others, um, about our situation. And we are affirming all of the time, but mm. often it's negative affirming that we're doing. Um, so it might be, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, um, that kind of thing could never be for me. So we're kind of making these statements all the time. And what we're doing with positive affirmations is just flipping that around and putting real energy into purposely choosing something to counteract that negative self-talk. Or it could be, I say self-talk, but that's when you're talking to yourself kind of internally, but also what you're voicing to other people. Mm, mm. Um, and so what I love about them is I feel like they're one of the easiest tools that you can use to start to make big changes um, and start to rewire your brain to a kind of different way of thinking. Mm, so mm. when I was first introduced to affirmations, it was kind of like blew my mind in <laughs> a way because it showed me that I had this inner voice that was actually talking to me in quite a negative way. Yeah. And I didn't even realise I had a negative voice. I thought that was just mm -hmm. the voice and that was the way it was meant to be and that everyone had it. And when I discovered that not everyone talk to themselves in that kind of way I was like wow <laughs> this is a revelation yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that you can then use affirmations purposely to I like for people to use them to meet them where they are so although I create affirmation cards and I sell them and that's all great the most powerful affirmations are the ones that that meet you where you are um, right. and address exactly what you're thinking so what's an example of that kind of affirmation so an example could be, um, ultimately, when, when we kind of chunk it right up, it, it's always, it's often about us not feeling enough. Right. And our kind of sense mm -hmm. of worthiness and deserving. So at a kind of very high level, I am enough is quite a, yeah. um, a blanket one that often covers all of our negative self-talk. Um it's important that they are I am statements. They don't all have to be, but I am statements are very powerful. Um, and then the repetition is really, really key as well. So it's not like you can just read I am enough and then suddenly you feel enough because that would be magic <laughs> and that would be amazing, but it's not real. <laughs> but it's about having that repetition. So repeating it to yourself, having it on your desktop, having it on your phone, writing it on a post-it and how I see it is we've got this um, narrative in our minds very often for many of us we've had it for a long period of time and so we need to put effort into flipping that around so yeah that's kind of how they work and I get that for someone who's really really not feeling enough in a situation them saying I'm enough I'm enough just isn't going to cut yeah, it yeah so it's kind of like well what's the next best statement that you could make before you get to I am enough um so it could be that I am doing my best yes yeah that makes yeah, sense. yeah I'm getting closer to my goals mm. um I am working on feeling more deserving but what you're at least you're moving yourself out of that I'm just awful and rubbish and I should just close the laptop and walk away now yeah, yeah. <laughs> type of talk to something that is kind of more more progressive um and in even if the choice of words are no longer I'm enough that's what you're kind of alluding to 
Yes. And our minds don't know the difference between what's real and what's not. So if you're telling, whatever you're telling yourself is what your mind is will be absorbing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about it in terms of, so my experience with affirmations, I used a lot of affirmations when I was pregnant and, mm. you know, for, for getting prepared for labour, you know, the hypnobirthing stuff. Yeah. And it just made me think how a lot of that was like the messages I had received from society about, you know, what birth is going to be like and how awful it's going to be and things like that or how how I'm not necessarily strong enough to get through it. So mm. I just thought that was an interesting thought. Like it's 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 our self-talk, but it can also help sort of counteract some of the difficult expectations from society and what we've grown up with as well. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. That conditioning mm. um, is, yeah, is so important. And that's another reason why I love them, because that self-talk often can then come from outside influences yeah. um, and using that affirmation can it's so powerful in hypnobirthing I did hypnobirthing with my daughter um, and even though I ended up having a c-section it was still so helpful Mm, mm, yeah yeah Um, do you have any specific examples of affirmations that would be useful for online business owners or and especially people who want to make a difference with their work I do I do so one of them that I really love is I have a contribution to make And it seems seems so simple because affirmations are simple. Yeah. But I think that when we are doing the kind of work we're doing and you want to make a difference, it's so easy to put loads of pressure on yourself that um, your one thing has to be the solution or it, it, it can feel like a lot of pressure. Yeah. But actually saying that you've got a contribution to make can start to alleviate some of that pressure mm. and create this space for you to just go do the work go go make your contribution you don't have to be responsible for the whole weight of whatever difference you want to make yes. yeah and that yeah and that contribution can look different for different people at different times but contribution is is such a lovely word um also it suggests you're not doing it alone I love that yeah you're, you're part of a movement or a community exactly. or like-minded souls that also want to make a difference mm. um, so yeah I love that one yeah that's um, really and then just to extend yeah yeah it is isn't it and then to extend on on that is I'm a make I'm making a difference in the world with the contribution I have to mm, make mm-hmm. um my voice is valid um I'm sharing my gifts with the world and it's okay to do that as I grow mm, that, yeah that so one. that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like not having to be perfect figuring it exactly. out a bit as you go yeah yeah it's okay to do that and actually in doing that you're still making a difference mm, mm-hmm. by sharing the messy bits by growing out loud um by sharing your journey you are absolutely still making a difference oh, um so yeah those are just but it's what it is is really I think for anyone that wants to start creating their own affirmations is to start to capture where they are at the moment. Um, if they're able to pinpoint any limiting beliefs that they have or just neg- any of the negative self-talk that's going round and round and do exactly what I did there. It's kind of like they might be thinking, I'm not good enough to take my space on whatever platform or say what I've got to say. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and all I did there was just say, well, actually, it's just a contribution yes. and you've got one yeah. to make. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to write these down. Yeah, I think that they'll be really <laughs> useful. And actually, it's it's really interesting that you mentioned that because of the fact that I'm doing this project and I'm involving 30 other people. I feel mm. like that's really highlighting you know, the the unique contribution that we're all making. We're all doing things in different ways, but it all adds up to something greater. Yeah, mm, exactly. Love it. I love it. Um, there's one more thing I wanted to talk to you about. And because I do believe that talking about this is making a difference. And that mm. is, you know, running your business when you've just had a baby. I mean, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I do. I feel like we need to talk about this because... It's again seeing what's possible from other people. I mean, how are you making this work? How did you prepare your business before you just had your baby? And how's it going now? Okay, so how did I prepare? So Marley is now 12 weeks old. Wow. And yeah, it's gone so far. <laughs> and um, the way that I prepared my business is that at the start of the year, so when I was kind of doing my yearly planning, prior to that, I kind of felt too ill to really even think mm, about it. Mm-hmm. But at the start of the year, I got really focused and um, decided what I wanted life to look like post-baby. And then I kind of worked my way backwards in terms of, okay, what do I need to do to make that happen? So I got really focused and really practical with the numbers, um, what clients I would want, um, and then just set about getting them in. (laughs) So I kind of set the business up that way Um, and I took eight weeks maternity, which to the corporate old me is just mortifying Mm. (laughs) because when I had my first daughter, I had over a year off and yeah, yeah, I had all of like the maternity pay and all of that. Um, But I had eight weeks, I'd given myself eight weeks of no client calls um, and going into the maternity leave it felt it felt fine because now life is set up like I my business is very much a lifestyle business Mm. so I it's designed to fit around how life ebbs and flows and really for me to be able to be there for my children so um going into maternity leave I'd set up kind of all the practical stuff but I was scared (laughs) I was really kind of I can plan all I like but I don't know once baby comes yeah is eight weeks enough? How am I going to feel? How am I going to mother two children? Yeah. I had all of that kind of come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking it out really helped. Um, so that was kind of going into it. And then after she came, it just kind of worked. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had the eight weeks of client calls, but I was still showing up on Instagram. Yeah. I actually had my most financially, my, my best month was June. Um, oh, wow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think having her it and being on um being a new mum, it kind of made me be even more of myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm here, I'm breastfeeding, I'm I'm just gonna show up as me yeah. even more. Mm. Um so yeah, and also one of my things is I feel like there's content in the everyday. So I was then just able to make my content out of my everyday yeah and I think babies make you creative yeah I agree as well. that has been my experience you've, you've made a child and that's one of the most kind of creative 
acts your body can do. Um, so, yeah, that's not a very succinct answer to, at all. I don't even really know how I did it. <laughs> well, I guess it's different for everyone. But what I feel is just important. I think what I'm picking up from this is the fact that you've kind of you've been really practical about it. You've also in part gone with the flow and you've just gone yeah. with your energy in terms of how you show up and just showing up as yourself coming back to that again showing up as yourself in your everyday life is probably helping because to do it any other way would probably be exhausting I'm guessing at this time of your life (laughs) yeah yeah I couldn't have done it any other way so it's like well if I'm gonna do it I'm just going to 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 show up as myself and and that's really attractive Mm. (laughs) it's like that that's what we we're all craving um just to see normality and although I have to caveat that Instagram isn't all we're seeing highlight reels Mm -hmm. as well for everyone but we're all craving just to see people being more of themselves and I suppose it made me do that in um like tenfold yeah yeah and something that I feel really passionately about is I you you compared it to your first having your first child and when you're in corporate and how you took that year off and stuff. And I suppose on the surface, it seems like, oh, that was great. You had like a whole year. But then I suppose then you have to just go back and Mm. doing it this way, you chose to have less time, but you're a lot more flexible. And I just Mm. I feel really passionately about this kind of flexible way of working when you have a family. It's not it's not all roses and it's not all easy, (laughs) but I do feel quite passionately about it and like I just like talking about it because I feel like the more people who are doing it differently and the more they are seen to be doing it differently just hopefully the more it could have an impact on wider society yeah. even people who are in regular jobs I mean flexible mm-hmm. working is a thing isn't it that people are exactly for. exactly and it's just like you saying that is if I had seen me now five years ago even 10 years ago mm. I would have been kind of like wow I didn't know that that was possible yeah, yeah. To, to have that. Um, and yeah, to have this level of flexibility, it's, it's so lovely, Ruth. Like I'm, it sounds so cheesy, but I've got um, a five minute journal and when I'm re- writing what I'm grateful for, for the last few weeks, it, especially since the sun's been shining, yeah. um, it really has been like, I'm so grateful for life and the oh. way that it is. Oh. I know it sounds like, yeah, really. But I am like, like you said, it's not all roses yeah. and it's not always easy. And witching hour in our house lasts like the whole evening. Right. <laughs> the evening. But it, I'm so privileged yeah. to be able to do the school run, call things like this my work, have amazing clients, then also go and pick my daughter up be there for the baby like it's it's yeah it's lovely oh I love it I love it okay so before we wrap up I'm going to ask you a couple of parting questions okay the first one is what advice would you give to anyone who wants to make an everyday difference in the world no matter how small I would say to start off by writing down the difference you want to make Mm. because when it's in your head it can feel so overwhelming and feel so huge but just getting it down on paper that transition from head to paper will make it feel um more possible and then to start breaking down the steps of how you're going to do that in your way like how you're um what contribution you're going to make 
and just know that you showing up is going part way to make that difference. Yes, I love that. So the second question is, is there anyone you would recommend we check out who is making a difference in their online work? Oh, yes, I have to shout out my um, wonderful friend, Tammy, who I know you've had on the podcast. I think um, I think the work that she's doing is really special because the notion of joy and everyday joy, we can be kind of like, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's, on the surface. It's very simple. But actually, if we take it on and embrace it, it can make such a difference to those small moments in our lives um, that lead us to feeling better. Mm. Um, I think it's definitely also, I'm part of her membership community and just being around her because she's one of my biz besties um, has even helped me to have more appreciation for what's around me. But also, again, it's that permission piece to seek out the joy. like I had my lunch outside yesterday, grabbed 20 minutes to have it outside and it felt so good. And I probably wouldn't have done that otherwise because I would have just been in front of the laptop mm. making mm-hmm. use of the five hours a day that I have. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and also then she's doing some deeper work with, with people as well, helping them even get to the space where they can allow joy into their lives. So yeah. I think she's somebody. Um, and... Who else? I really like Candice Brathway. Yes, yeah, me too. Um, I love how she is unapologetically being her. Exactly, yeah. And that, again, is is lending itself to helping other people do the same. Yeah, I totally so I think, agree. So can I be really cheeky and add another person on the, on the Making a Difference? Is um, my lovely friend Nova Reed who is an anti-racism educator mm. and doing amazing yeah. work yeah. in that arena. I, I can't, I can't like leave this without putting her in. <laughs> I'll include their links yeah. in the show notes. Um, the final question is where can people go to find out more about you and what you do? Um, yes. So my Instagram is where I hang out mainly on stories <laughs> and it's a life more inspired and then, um, so I'm a life more inspired across all of the platforms, but Instagram is my playground. And then my website, a life more inspired. And I've got a podcast called the Dream and Do podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I really, really love this interview. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast. It really does make a difference. And if you'd like to carry on the conversation or ask a question for a future Q&A episode, there are three ways to connect with me. On the Facebook group, on Instagram, at Ruth Poundwhite, or my personal favourite, my behind-the-scenes newsletter. Just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe. And keep doing what you're doing, because your work really does matter.